0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv.
1: It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Atlanta Braves spring training rolling along in the shadow of Disney World down there in Florida. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Braves reporter, Mark Bowman. And, Mark, the, the gang's all back together. Uh, we'll get into some some different stuff. Dansby Swanson healthy again. Um, we'll look at the pitching staff, who's looking good, who isn't. But let's start with the fact that Ender Enciarte is back. Swanson's back healthy. Um, Enciarte obviously was with the World Baseball Classic. But you look at this team as a whole, and and the Braves actually get to send out what will be their team onto the field for a spring training game. It's been a long time since they've been able to do that.
2: Yeah, first time since since March 3rd. You know, everyone, NCR Day and Freeman went to the WBC uh, after playing on the March 4th. And that was the same day Swanson uh, tweaked his side, was out for a couple weeks. And then a week later, Donis Garcia was, had a sore hammy for a little over a week. So, yeah, you know, it's it may not seem like a lot of time to to put a whole lineup together. But you walk around that clubhouse, you know, and they're like, hey, look, how many. I mean, that's the unique. You know, we hear it time and time again. Spring training's for pitchers. You know, the length of spring training's for for pitchers. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it's nice for them to to put their lineup together, get a feel for for what it looks like. I that's the one thing about this camp that stands out is, uh, you know, while Sean Rodriguez, they're, they're going to feel that loss throughout the year. You know, with his versatility, I think, you know, if if you go back to you know, February. Ninth or tenth of the day before, we, we learned that Rodriguez would be out for the rest of the year. Obviously, the lineup looks a little bit different, but, but since they made that trade for Brandon Phillips, we knew exactly what the lineup was going to look like. We knew exactly what the rotation was going to look like. That that hasn't changed. Uh, the bench, you know, while it still uh, certainly looks like a weak spot, uh, it, it the the components of that bench haven't changed, and and uh, the only change in the bullpen is Eric Flaherty basically. Slides into where you might have placed either Blaine Boyer or Chaz Rowe for now. Uh, you know It's not to say Boyer or, or Rowe may not get in there if they don't uh, carry three lefties by, by choosing not to put Paco Rodriguez on the roster. But uh, for the most part, this team, uh, as long as they stay healthy for the next few days, they're going to head north facing them exactly as, as you would have projected on uh, February 14th, or the first day of spring
1: training. Ozzie Albie's is down in the minor league camp. He was up, obviously, for a little bit once he was fully healthy and everything. Um, but he's tweaked the knee now, so a knee bruise, and he goes down back down to minor league camp. But while healthy and while with the big league club, what did Ozzie show?
2: You know what? It, it was. Uh, it's amazing to think he's twenty years old. He, you know, the one thing that stands out. He talked to staff. I mean, there, there's there's no getting around it. He's a small guy, and then there's always going to be concerns about. Him. His durability, but but when he's out there on the field performing, it's a it's a lot of fun to watch. He's, a, he's
1: you know while he
2: probably it was wise for them to move him from shortstop to to second base. You know he's very capable at that, that position. His arm plays better there. Uh, he's a guy who stat plays. Uh, I don't know exactly where he's going to fit in the lineup, especially if he gets up to Atlanta. And you got NCRT in the one spot and, and Swanson in the two spot, and you know. Certainly going to provide some if you got him in that six seventh uh, spot down there towards the bottom of the order. uh, He's a guy they can create some havoc down there with his legs. I guess the one thing that stands out is here he is. He's 20 years old. He's already got two big league camps under his belt. This year's camp was certainly different than last year's, where he was able to you know truly play on a frequent basis. This year, he had to prove that he has you know distanced himself from that elbow fracture and he did and i think that's what stood out I, fun part about it i said hey you know you're, you're you you were not concerned when you first started to let it you know start swinging and you know little guy like this and company just said no i just let it eat so you know he's it's a lot of fun to, to be around him and uh, i don't think it'll be long before we see him at atlanta
1: Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the roster being what we expected it heading into the season. One thing that was a bit of a question mark heading into the spring was who would be that number five starter with all the young arms and and less availability for positions because of R.A. Dickey and Bartolo Colon being around and, and Jaime Garcia as well. Mike fulton is that guy, and it seems like when you look at how the spring played out, this ended up being kind of a no-brainer.
2: Yeah, and, and you know what? Hey, look. If if I was in the Brace position, I would have manufactured or created the competition to you know you you don't want to just give somebody a spot, but come on, I mean, how could you have given it to anybody other than Fulton Evich? I mean, you based on what he did last year, you, sometimes you got to create competition just to, to you know make sure guys know nothing is guaranteed. But uh, but Evich has certainly provided indication he is making he is able to build on what he did last year, where he. It was just those occasions where you you saw the potential. You know, everyone could see that. You even saw that the year before. It was just from a mental perspective, would he be able to handle adversity? And you know, I'm not going to you know try to say this this kind of adversity, that the situation that you experience in spring training is equivalent to what you would during the regular season. But for now, hey, look, when there are guys on base, he's kept himself more composed. Uh, he, He hasn't allowed the previous. Uh, pitch, uh, you know, he, occasionally you'll still see him slip his glove or shake his head at an umpire. He's going to have to clean that up a little bit, that kind of stuff. That'll come with a little bit more maturity, but at the same time, he's not allowing that previous pitch to, to affect the, that next pitch or the next at bat, uh, allowing things to snowball. And I think that's the the, the biggest stride uh, that I've seen him make. And I think, it, you know, like I said, I. I realize that the situation is going to be a little bit more tense. There will be more pressure for him once the regular season begins, but he has provided some indication that he is capable of making that next step. And, you know, from a stuff perspective, there's no doubt that, that he is the one guy in that rotation that has legitimate frontline stuff.
1: Mentioned R.A. Dickey and Bartolo Colon, and we always say the numbers in spring training don't necessarily matter. Of course, they do the later you get into spring, I think. And, and those guys have had up and down springs, some of the times really struggling, but they're also veterans who have been through it all, so maybe you even more so throw out the numbers. That said, is there any concern about Dickey and Colon heading into the year when obviously you want these guys to have great at least first half so, so you can flip them, if nothing else, uh, later in the season?
2: I, you know, exactly. You know, that, that's the one thing. There's nothing in this rotation that's said, you know, you obviously look at Jaime Garcia, you look at his health history. You think if he gets out to a good start, you know, they'd be wise to flip him, uh, you know, with Dickie and Colon, you, you want them to, to pitch effectively not only for, you know, the immediate success of the team, but also to, to maybe be in a position to use them in currency when the trade deadline comes. So, um, that is one thing that, that you, you do want to see them pitch a better. I, I'm not a guy that's going to concern myself with, with spring training results, especially, you know, with Colon. You know, he's just toying with everything, you know, under the sun all the time. The one thing with Dickey is, you know, it's the, the one start against the Marlins, he did throw more fastballs than he usually does just because he didn't want to you know, show show the knuckleball to a couple guys. There was another star where he said he toyed with the curveball, but at the same time, look, everybody knows what what Dickey's going to throw. You, you just hope that that pitch is dancing. You know, once the the uh, once the regular season begins, he has a feel for that knuckleball. One thing that I'd say, one positive uh, with Dickey, it, it does look like Kurt Suzuki has found some comfort catching him. Look, I'm I understand why you know fans are going to get, you know, kind of concerned about, you know, ERAs. But at the same time, let's not forget, these guys weren't acquired to become Cy Young award winners. They're, they're, you know, the Braves are looking for them to eat innings and be middle rotation type guys. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're both certainly capable of doing that. As long as they work to get 200 innings or somewhere close to that this year, that they, they've basically done their job. You know, you go back, Talking about the trade, you say, okay, well, how are they going to get 200 innings if, if they uh, are traded? You know, the, the fact is, you just want them to be on that kind of pace. You want them to, to be eating, eating innings so that it does not have an adverse effect on your bullpen. And it still looks like the Braves are going to go with an eight man pen. I think a big reason for that is, um, you know, there's some, some guys that, uh, still the out of options guys, that they don't want to get to a point to where some of these guys get taxed to where. They would be subjecting themselves to losing them, via, uh, you know, a DFA or a waiver wire claim, um, you know, just because you know, they were they had to pitch them three days in a row. They don't have that luxury that they had to pass to to basically have a uh, subway system back and forth between Triple A and the big leagues.
1: With the eight-man bullpen, Mark, obviously that limits your options as far as the bench for this team heading into the season. That said, um, you have an article about the fact that they are keeping their eyes open to other teams' camps and veteran players who could become available, um, names that people are familiar with, Daniel Nava, Clint Robinson. How likely is it that the Braves could try to snatch up one of those guys once they're released um, or DFA'd by their current club?
2: You know, I think that it's a it's fifty fifty right now. I think that there's certainly a desire to go there. You know, those those two guys in particular. You look at Nava; uh, he's a guy that they could could fit some needs. You, you look at a guy like Robinson; he's a guy that they would be limited from a defensive perspective. Um, you know, and obviously that could, could you stick him at a corner outfield position? Sure. Um, at the same time, what do you want to? Do you want to carry that kind of guy, or do you, do you think that you're going to get maybe the same kind of benefit from Bonaparte? Now, here's the big difference. Uh, let me take a step back. With Robinson, you at least have some pop off that bench that you, you don't have because they, you know we, we talk about it being a four-man bench, but it's essentially a three-man bench when one of those guys, is the backup catcher. And those three men being Jace Peterson, Chase Tarneau, Emilio Bonaparte, obviously none of those guys are going to, strike fearing pitchers, uh, you can look up and down the lineup and say, hey, look, Well, how many times are they going to have to pinch hit? Well, I'm going to tell you, at least once a night in the National League. Maybe not every situation that, that pinch hits. There a, you might get fortunate where there's a situation where you do just need to get a guy on base or maybe just move somebody over, uh, which you know you could obviously do with a sack bunt. Sack but at the same time, there are going to be instances where you're trailing where it'd be nice to, to put a guy up there that they could leave the yard. Uh, and I think that would be the, the attraction to, to getting a guy like, like Robinson. But, hey, look, at, at this time of year, a lot of times you're you're essentially stuck with the, the guys that other teams don't want. You hope in the, the day that, that maybe your depth in the bullpen, that your surplus matches up with another team to so where you're saying, hey, look, I don't really want to get rid of this arm, but at the same time I I, I don't have any room for Chaz Rowe. Uh, let's, let's throw them out there because he's got all options. And now all of a sudden you're, you are able to maybe get, uh, take advantage of another team that just uh, doesn't have room for a bat like Robinson's.
1: And we will keep an eye on all of that here in the final week and a half, basically, of spring training leading up to opening day and, of course, the first uh, opening day in the new ballpark in Atlanta. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Braves edition. For Mark Bowman, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.